The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Good morning, Matt Wallman. How are you this fine day, sir? Another volatile Sunday in the books. Yeah, that's the fun thing about the NFL or the crazy thing about it or the maddening thing or whatever you want to say about it. But I'm pretty good, man. How about you? It's, it's all by design, you know. I mean, we can start with the oblong spheroid, the football itself, which is designed to bounce funny directions uh, without much... Uh, regard to the uh, normal bouncing of balls. So uh, starting there and going through with the, you know, the hopes for parody and all those things, uh, it's no surprise that we get some bizarre outcomes. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, unless you're Patrick Mahomes and you can make it look like a baseball, a basketball, or a football, <laughs> or an marching soccer ball. So there we go, you know. But, you know, as I said, on, as I said earlier, um, this morning, I think I said something to the fact that the people on Twitter are going to complain about the little no-look alley-oop and say, it's going to catch up to him one day. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to catch up to him 14 years later all the way to Canton. So uh, let's stop right there. The people on Twitter are going to complain. Okay. That, that is the, That's true. <laughs> the, like uh, death taxes and the people on Twitter yeah. are going and, to complain. And fans just in yes, general. So. Absolutely. Unless you are a fan of J.K. Dobbins, don't you think? Is he a running back one the rest of the year? Uh, they might well have to lean on him as such. Uh, the good news is, uh, like, 120-yard debut, that was uh, that was pretty solid. Uh, another case of the volatility, though. You never can't tell with the Ravens. The first time back, they slow-rolled them and, you know, kind of eased them back into the mix. Then they didn't do that with Gus Edwards. Now they didn't do it again with J.K. Dobbins. Now they're going to need both these guys. and. And, and so are fantasy managers because the quarterback situation seems a bit tenuous at the moment. So, so yeah, I think uh, I think people will be leaning on him as, as a running back one going forward. Yeah, I, I, I totally believe it and think there's a logical reason why things happen the way they did. And the thing that I kind of like narrative street-wise is when – when he decided to get that that second surgery to clean up some things, he said, you know, I just can't wait to come back because I'm ready to get back and do what I'm supposed to do, which is gain 100 yards every week. And, right, and, and, and he also said that, you know, we, we ain't seen nothing yet, just by the way. So. Yeah, and he <laughs> He's looked, not there yet. He looked good. He looked better than he did last time, and I thought he looked – he didn't look bad. He looked much more like the player that he was, and – uh you know, they were missing Kevin Zeitler, and it, he they still got it done. And him running gap plays is just scary. I'll just put it that way. He's going to it's gonna be he's going to have a lot of breakaway runs and um, next year, as well as I think he's going to have another three or four more like that 44 yarder that he had to. So he's out of game. shape. He, he, or it would have been lying. It would have been taking all. Oh, it would have been gone. He would have been gone. I've heard somebody say that he's not that fast. I didn't want to argue with them. But yeah, when he's when he's in tip top shape, he is still fast. Gus Edwards is he a fantasy? You said he's a fantasy running back too, don't you think? Or do you think he? Will yeah, be? I think so. I, uh, look, I'm, I mean, I think we're at that point of the year, you know, just through attrition, where we're uh, you know kind of sorting through the stems of seeds anyway. And he's like uh, he, he's like a little chunk of goodness in there. So yeah, I mean, the role should be sufficient, I think, to play him. You know, maybe. 
maybe you're hoping hopefully is a flex level, but but yeah, I think there's a whole range of guys that we're gonna be trying to force into running back two roles that won't be as good as him. Yeah, he's you know, I'll add I'll let him jump into the pool. Why not? You know, he'll make a big splash occasionally from time to time and, and certainly he's the closeout guy. You saw that against the Steelers this week. Um and and you know, they got a real push against that defensive front. And so I think that both those guys are going to be be nice plays. Um, and I think it's those two specifically. I don't think we're going to see much more of Kenyon Drake other than in the old Justice Hill role, which was like, who? So right. Jared Goff, is he a starter and top 15 <clears throat> fantasy quarterback in 2023? He's 15th as of before um, yesterday. Well, I think he is no longer a bridge quarterback. I mean, the Lions probably don't view him as that. Like, they've assembled quite a cast of, uh, you know, quite a cast around him. And some really talented receivers, a really good offensive line. Once they get that thing to where it's all healthy and they can play it an entire year, that's going to add to the vibes. I mean, uh, he might well be, right? I mean, he's going to be on the 15. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and give him that. I just think based on the weapons alone. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think what we the addition of DJ Chark, although you know he may not be there next year, we'll see. I mean, but yeah, one year deal. It's a one year deal, but the fact that you have him and that relegates a guy like Reynolds to the third receiver role or the fourth receiver role now with Jamison Williams in the picture, um, you know, this is suddenly a fun wide open offense, and I, you know. I've always liked Jared Goff. I always kind of thought the whole he's a puppet <clears throat> with Sean McVay at the, you know, with the strings controlling it was more about Sean McVay's ego than it was necessarily about Jared Goff. Um, and Jared Goff, you know, the fact that he got off to a rough <clears throat> start with Jeff Fisher and all that was a difficult thing. I, if I were the Lions, I would, I would probably draft a quarterback, but with the express understanding that he's sitting for at least a year, and do things the old school way where you know the the way maybe chuck knoll did terry bradshaw or you know patrick mahomes how he got handled you know um aaron Rodgers, brett Favre, you know guys like some of those were by accident some of those were by design a lot of them though drew Brees by design so yeah jared goff would be the perfect quarterback to stay that bridge you just have a much sturdier bridge than what you thought you weren't just like doing some makeshift crossing on a survivalist show so i i think there's something good there with him jalen waddle is he a fantasy starter the rest of the year yeah probably is i mean it was, it, last night seemed like an outlier game just for that offense in general i think that offense will be fine over the over the course of time look he's you know two two top two thousand yard receivers in this offense i think they can continue to carry that out there might be weeks where it's a lesser might be weeks where it's a little more but yes I think he's a little banged up more than what they're saying. So I'm not ready to say fuck him, but I am a little bit worried about him. Um, and if and he drops now to me more as a wide receiver three, um, but he might drop out if we see that he's either li very limited with his practicing. Um, you know, this week I might, I might be inclined to start some people over him. Now, Austin Eckler kind of put up a dud. You saw Josh Kelly, who's been <clears throat> out for a while, and last week he made his debut. They used some more carrot touches with him. Are we looking just at a one-week blip 
you know, you feeling that as a blip or and feeling just, it as a blip, yeah. you know, Austin Eckler was a guy coming into the season. I thought, you know, this is a guy that, you know, if you're every year we're assigned to test, identify a first round bust. Well, this year you could have picked almost anyone and it come true except him. Right. And, and I think I picked him just because the touchdown, uh, you know, numbers were so high last year, the 20 touchdowns, the 12 rushing touchdowns were like nine more than he'd ever had before. You know, the desired outcome for them is to find that rushing component. I thought maybe they found that in Isaiah Spiller, who? What happened to that guy? You're anyway, right. Joshua Kelly, the guy that Matt Waldman told me to draft a couple years ago at Dynasty, is the, actually the piece that I I actually had to start him this week. But um, <laughs> in one league, uh, that's I how I feel bad for you. That's how serious it's gotten. Yes, but I also have Spiller on that roster, so uh, that was the choice. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's just a momentary blip. Austin Eckler's been fantastic, uh, and has uh, handled the workload better than you know maybe I would have expected, but. And the touchdowns have been quite solid. Yeah, I'll be fine with him as a starter for the rest of the season. I'm not. I don't think last week was a start of a trend. DJ Chark, though, is that a trend? He's had two two um, weeks with um, touchdowns. He's had you know he had a hundred yards last two weeks ago. This week, nah, know? fuck that. <laughs> no, no, there's no. Well, two things. I mean, you the Jets just are up next. Yeah. I, I hadn't fucked anybody yet. Yeah. Uh, the Jets are up next, and in uh, the Panthers, you know, I mean, the schedule maybe isn't as, but the emergence of Jamison Williams may be a, a little bit of a limiting factor for him at some point. But it just, you know, it's a pretty narrow band to hang your hat on. So, I mean, yes, I can play him because I like this offense in general, uh, but I'm going to be mindful of the, this week's matchup, the Week 15 matchup, and uh, and uh, maybe see how things play out with uh, some of the pieces around him. I'm looking at you, Jamison Williams. I like what I saw with DJ Chark. I think he's a fantasy two. I'm feeling him as a fantasy two for the rest of the season. Like what he was doing underneath. They used him underneath. They kind of paired him also with Williams to get Williams open because the, the defense naturally paid more attention to Chark. Um, and then Chark ran right by somebody. Well, they didn't pay they any attention the coverage to him. Yeah, they didn't pay any. <laughs> well, the, well, Bynum just kind of shifted and looked over at Chark <laughs> as everybody ran, as he let Williams just run right by him. It was a nicely designed play. So you're going to get a little bit more of that. But I like that they use Chark in a multidimensional sense <clears> now with Williams when he's in the lineup. Now, Mike, no, let's not. Let's talk about Williams a little bit. I, Williams, is he a bye week option for the rest of the season? Are you going to elevate him to that? Or are you thinking, let's just, you know, he's he's a more, bat, yeah. More of a more of a feeling was a cheap DFS, you know, tournament play, which I had him in lineups this week and, you know, got the touchdown. I mean, but that's kind of what you're hoping for, I think, with him. Although just, you know, the way that the people who cover this team on a daily basis talk about him, I expect an ascension to some kind of preternatural uh, freak level at, at, at any moment. Uh, you know, I just talked to Tim Twentyman from the team's website yesterday and he's just like he was using the word gazelle a lot. Yeah. Well, listen, you know what? <laughs> Gazelle, Marquise Goodwin early in his career. Um, lots of Buffalo Bills between Lee, Lee Evans and Stefan Diggs for about a decade, um, decade and a half. And then, you know, I'd also add Ted Ginn to the mix who, you mm. know, I, and I think he's more of a Ted Ginn type in role this year. He'll be more than Ted Ginn in the coming years. But for right now, yeah, Ted Ginn, I, I think Ted Ginn for me was a DFS special based on matchups, and that's it. So, yeah, fuck him as a, as a bye week option for the rest of the season. I think he's more of a, 
I think he's one step below that, which is mat- great matchup possibility. That would be it. There you go. Now, what about Mike White? You know, is he does he have a Ryan Fitzpatrick like career? Do you do you think that that's starting to happen? Are you any more optimistic <clears throat> about him than the last time we talked about him? Maybe a little, right? I mean, he's certainly won teammates over. I mean, you know, the, he's a soldier, apparently. Um, and like, you know, you, you earn a lot of respect. I don't know that that's maybe not just like a rebound thing because there's so much disrespect for the other guy, right? That like whatever comes in and doesn't act like that is going to gonna garner a lot. We'll see if he has, a, you know, when he has a lousy game. Um, but no, I don't, I don't actually trust it yet, but, but I'm, I'm open-minded to it. Yeah. I'll say this. Mike White had one of the nicest plays I saw the year that I, in his quarterback class and just showed great skill from the pocket. And he wasn't necessarily a great, um, mover. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't an unbelievably mobile player, but he could manipulate in the middle of the field he was a smart player overall and he had a decent enough arm so i think after watching him against the bills where they obviously broke his ribs i mean and he was and he played that fourth quarter in the snow in a lot of pain and put them in position multiple times to to really generate a comeback if it weren't for a michael carter fumble um that would have been they might have had a much closer game um, so further I'm, making the case for Zonovan Knight further. Oh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. I like them both, but I think there's a good, I, you know, but, but I'm with you. I like that. You know, Zonovan Knight's right. And he looked quicker. Zonovan Knight, just by the way, is a little bonus to that. So I think there's a chance for Mike White to have a Ryan Fitzpatrick career, but fuck it for now. We'll just say that, you know, uh, fuck it. That kind of thing. So, what a, I just got to ask, are you feeling like changing your mind from last week about Russell Wilson maybe having a having a better year next year? Did you see anything before the big knot on his head? That was like a walnut, boy. Uh, so, I, yes, it, it like you, it gives you hope because, you know, you know, there's a long history to fall back on of Russell Wilson playing well and, and a narrow band of games of him not playing well. And it's all been mostly, you know, mostly this year. Just go back the last couple of years. There were signs that it was, you know, there were issues, uh, certainly, you know, some of the issues with turnovers and things that we saw were pretty much the reason why Pete didn't want to let him cook. You know, <laughs> Pete wanted to go to the drive-thru because Russell was burning the food. So, uh, so I don't know, you know, I mean, I'm, if I was, if I'm like a, a, somebody who just bought this team and is on the hook for $260 million, I'd feel a lot better about it today than I did yesterday. Yeah, I'll say this. I I went back and watched the Carolina game last week, and it was he was bad in the Carolina game. He was like early in the season. I watched him and charted it. He looked good, and his receivers looked bad. His linemen looked bad. Well, all those things looked bad in Carolina, and he looked bad in Carolina. And then I went and watched QB school stuff, and I laughed because some of the same things. He was born. I was like, yeah, okay. They, you know, but, but, but it was almost like QB school. JTO Sullivan wanted to say, it almost makes you think they're tanking. I mean, I don't think he didn't say that, but it was like, if you were a conspiracy theorist, you'd wonder about some of this stuff. I mean, that was kind of what it seemed like he was implying. Um, and I know that he doesn't believe in conspiracies. I don't think in terms of with football. So I'm, you, you know, I, I don't know. 
I'm feeling I'm feeling still pretty good about him next year. I would take a chance on him because I think he's going to be at a rock bottom price. Yes, and compared to you know some some other people uh, that we might see on this list, I would still take him. What's the first thing you do? Oh, well, I'll tell you what the first thing I do after a season is over is I make a list of everybody who disappointed people and I tack it on my wall so that when I'm going into drafts next year, I know who's going to be available at discounts, right? And so. You know, and over the course of that time, we'll watch and see what the developments are, developments are over the offseason. And uh, that might give me reason to believe that those uh, outcomes are going to change or there's hope that those outcomes can change at a discounted price. Russell Wilson would be way up high in that list. Yeah, one of the, you know, you do what a lot of people I know who I respect this industry do, like Adam Harstead, and he calls it the dented can approach. Right. Which is, and, and I, you know, he's definitely on the dented can list for me. So. No, he's got a dent. That's an out. That's a. Yeah, that was that one needs to be pounded back in. I think I don't know. Maybe not pounded. Maybe not. Not, not uh, that part of the. Ooh. So, the Ravens defense. They it was Mitchell Trubisky, and you know Mitchell Trubisky in the red zone. Anytime he gets to a place that says twenty, he's either behind a twenty or he's ahead of the twenty. He's going to throw an interception or make a bad decision. That's just the reason why he's in the position he is right now. But the Ravens, with, you know, they've got Queen, they've got Oa, they've got, um, they've got that kid out of Georgia who they traded for with the Bears. You know, they, they've got a linebacking core there and they've got a, a very, um, you know they've got they've got a physical secondary in terms of at the catch point. Sometimes they give up a lot, but they're a risk taker. Some of those guys are they a top three unit in twenty twenty three? They will be yes. I feel that. So what what am I looking for in fantasy defenses? Uh, this year I was looking at the Dallas Cowboys. Why disruptive playmakers at every level, right? Guys who can make differences, cause trouble. Uh, create turnovers and do something with them. That's that's what I'm looking for in defense, and the Ravens have that. So, yes, feeling it. Yeah, I'm totally feeling it, and I think a lot of it has to do – I'm going to add it to the fact that if if um, J.K. Dobbins is healthy next year and they're ripping off big runs because of Lamar, if they have Lamar next year, and I think they will, they'll franchise him probably, um, then this, this run offense and the play-action element that's going to come with it is going to be back because you could see earlier in the year that it was looking pretty good. So I think with a better run game, yeah, that's going to help. The defense is going to be able to pin its ears back and be a little bit more aggressive. And it'll make the difference from them being top five right now to top three. Um, all right. What about Samaj P. Ryan? Is he, you know, or maybe <clears throat> this question is more about are you into red zone running back specialists? If you have to be <laughs> at this time of the year, you know, even with Mixon back, he uh, fuck did that score. If I, fuck that. Unless I have to be, right? I mean, right. that's the, you framed it perfectly. I mean, there, you know, what, what's the the stupid movie line? So you're saying there's a chance, right? right. I mean, that that's that's basically what you're playing here, and and I'm fine with that if you're in that level of need, um, you know, and like not, you know, like some weeks there's targets of opportunity arise. It turns out those targets of opportunity, according to Travis Homer and others don't always pan out and turn into the things we expect them to be. So, so yeah, I mean, is that kind of play? Sure. Yeah, and I'm, I'll say this. I'm totally feeling Samaj P. Ryan for that role. I think it's about understanding whether they actually fit that role or they don't. And with the, the Seahawks, you had a bunch of unproven guys 
basically. I mean, Travis Homer, maybe not unproven, but he's definitely not a guy who's getting a lot of touches unless there were injuries. And Piran was getting touches regardless yeah. with Mixon. Yeah, he so, did, he so did he have a little role and a little bit of a receiving role. So, you know, something I thought it would be, you know, Chris Evans' role, you know, heading into the season is kind of Samaje Piran's kept it. So, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a good piece to keep hanging around if you have room on your roster. He is. He's a dump truck. You know, he, he may move he may move at two miles an hour, but he's so big and strong that it won't even matter. He's just inevitable. His power is inevitable. And so the yardage is inevitable. It's inevitable that we were going to talk about Baker Mayfield again. Is he uh, is he the Rams starter in twenty twenty three? No, fuck that. Uh, so I, I don't I don't know who the starter will be. I, I mean, some of this is going to depend on who the head coach is because I don't think it's going to be Sean McVay. He's had enough of this nonsense. He's got to go sell soup or something. Didn't he? Did he create this? <laughs> yes, he created this, and now he's going to run away from it. <laughs> yeah, he's got that golden parachute type of thing. You know, he's. I feel like we're watching that Dick and Jane movie where, like, Alec Baldwin is like, you know, hires a, uh, you know, Jim Carrey to like do the PR of his company. Is he he like abscams off with the, uh, you know, with basically yeah. the company funds? I think I think a lot of these people in the NFL are looking at the money that's being made by the people in the booths and they're saying, wow, that might be easier money than what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's very true. And I'll say this, Baker, I mean, what, what Baker Mayfield did to play it was amazing. with the level of poise was fantastic. It was. Yeah. Now, I will add... He had I'm, nothing to lose, though. I mean, he, he, it's like the perfect... There's no way he could... I mean, yeah. was he going to look worse than he did coming into all this? No, yeah. he was going to come out like a hero uh, just by showing up and getting on the field and doing something. And, and the Raiders did not huh. play great coverage, and the Raiders make a lot of players <clears> look good. So I'll say this. Sorry. Baker Mayfield, Brock Purdy... He's in that Brock Purdy type of range. Right. Now, a lot of people might, you know, hate that because they're like, well, Brock Purdy hasn't done as much as Baker Mayfield. But, you know, to me, they're, they're the same type of player, which is they're <laughs> Jeff Garcia-like in, in terms of what their final outputs are. Now, Purdy's more Jeff Garcia because he's got a weaker arm, whereas Mayfield has a starter arm. He just doesn't have a starter mentality, I think, from a – from the standpoint of the skills that you need in in the pocket and and accuracy on a regular basis to to be high end, but listen, if you get enough pieces around him, he could be okay. So yeah, I thought, we'll I, thought see. I thought Mark Davis and, and Ice Cube were coming out of the stands at some point, just going to run rampant on that place. It was a that was insane watching the yeah. watching the downfall. And, and, and again, a lot of this Raider related as much as it is Rams related. Yeah, and when and when you when the quarterback who doesn't know where this, what's going on, where to find anything in the stadium, is like I can't believe they were playing you know press man against me at that point. That, well, that tells you everything. One thing we say, it's a great upgrade to his living uh, conditions at this stadium uh, so far. It's very nice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm he sure felt, he's moved right in. Yeah, right he's, there. you know, he's a squatter, I think, at this point, <laughs> for sure. You know, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, though, is he a top five quarterback next year? Yeah, just for the stiff arm, yes. <laughs> yeah, no. I Look, the, the progression is real. I mean, you know, you can see this, and we've seen some pretty good games from him. I don't know, you know, Top five, all he's right there. He'll be in the conversation. I feel, I feel he will be in the conversation. Yeah, I feel he's going to be there too because if he can, if he can be as good as he's been with the receivers that he has, and it's not that they're bad, they're just not. I mean, you would argue that the Detroit Lions have as good of a receiving core 
as the the Jaguars, maybe even slightly better, and that's not based on name recognition, really. Neither of those teams, really. I mean, you have an aging Marvin Jones. You have Evan Ingram, who's always been known for dropping the football, who's playing well. Zay Jones, who drops the football a lot, yeah. up and down. There's st- only steady forces. Really, been Christian Kirk and a surprise year from Evan Ingram. It's like so Evan Ingram got the message that he might be his ass maybe halfway out of the NFL if he doesn't figure out how to work at the level that that his talent is capable of producing. He didn't have to cram it all into one game, though. Okay, too. That's true. That's true. <laughs> now, speaking of cats, I got to say, are you feeling the idea that Derrick Henry is afraid of cats? Because every time he faces the Jaguars, he is completely running away from them. I well, mean, if it's, his name is Shaquille Quarterman. That cat, he doesn't want anything to do with. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I think in general, he, I thought he's been really good against the Jaguars over the most. That's course. what I'm saying. He's so terrified of them that, like, he's gotten extra gear. I mean, he, like, he they they can't even spot him. He look, it, it, No, I, but, he, you know, kind of just the disappearing act in the second half. Uh, you know, it was a great first half. and uh, But he does have a long – them and Texans. Apparently, yeah. cats and Texans. <laughs> well, there you go. So I, I think he's terrified of him. I'm totally feeling it, and I, and, <laughs> I, and maybe that you need to run. You either need to run angry or terrified. You know, yes, there you, go. you know, works. just afraid. Maybe not enough. That's too vanilla. Like that. That's getting you one yard gains. But, but like, like I saw, you know, I saw Leatherface in the i saw a leather face in my shed kind of terrified i'm okay with because that means you might run over your own mother to like to 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 get to to get to where you're going so anyway sorry to moms out there but uh how about richie james now that he's healthy come on man <laughs> Come I on. couldn't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Look, the nine targets was great. I mean, you know, the leading the, and I suppose that's possible any given week. Yeah. Uh, and that's the problem. It's yeah. possible any given week. It's not in every week for any of those guys. I mean, Darius Slayton, uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to give him the pass this game, you know, based on the the opponent, the coverage, but 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 he's still him and my guy Daniel Bellinger. I will ride and yeah. die with. I think th- I think there's a matchup. I think there's a matchup um, situation to analyze there, but by the time I figure it out, if I do, the season will be over. So fuck it, yeah. As much as I like Rick, Richie James as just a player <laughs> in outside of fantasy, is there renewed trust in Juju Smith-Schuster after the concussion? And then he kind of looked like he got banged up again. I thought he got concussed again, to be honest with you, but it looks like that's not the case, thankfully. And he played. You know, he got a lot of looks yesterday. Are are you feeling better about him? Yeah, he's honestly he's kind of the one I felt better about when he's healthy over the last you know the last second half of the season. He just seems to be coming on a little bit, maybe becoming you know kind of the Travis Kelsey light you know of this offense. The, the option not named Travis Kelsey that you could probably play any week if you had to. I feel like he's back in that range again. Yeah, I'm totally feeling that, and it's good that we you know, we started the show. With Patrick Mahomes, we ended the show with one of his targets. So there's a little symmetry with that. Um, and I feel like I wasn't hardly down on anybody at all. I we need to. You we were Mister. You were Mister Positive. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't know what to even say about that. I was just my watch. A headline came in my watch while we were talking. It said Tom Brady tweaks the game plans without coach's knowledge. Feel that or fuck it. I'm feeling that. <laughs> just because I don't like authority. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I no, fuck that. that. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. Just fuck that. Fuck this show. We're at the it's end of it, all right? Love you, bye. Love you, bye.